Hello and welcome to Healthy Mind, Healthy Life with your host Avik. This podcast is all about exploring the latest research, sharing personal stories and providing personal tips for improving our mental health and well-being. Each episodes will be joined by experts in the field of mental health as well as individuals who have experienced the transformative power of a healthy mind firsthand. Together we will dive into a range of topics from managing stress and anxiety to building resilience and cultivating happiness. So, join us on this journey to discover new ways to take care of our minds, bodies and souls and let's work together to create a healthier, happier world one episode at a time. So, let's get started. Hello and welcome to Healthy Mind Healthy Life. I'm your host Avik and today we have a fascinating guest joining us. Yes, I'm talking about Jane Mary. So welcome to the show Jane. Thank you so much for having me. Nice to be here. Lovely, lovely. So Jane like before we start our conversation I'd love to mention this to all of our listeners that Jane is the mind behind the screens and the ego literary magazine which is named after a thought provoking book that delves into the emotional and psychological landscape of the modern america so her work has uh, garnered the praise from the two new york times best selling authors and she's created a platform that invites the individuals to share their perspectives on various aspects of the com- uh, contemporary time So her focus spans like mental health, religion, uh political polarization, culture uh, clash and also the digital native experience. <clears throat> so beyond her uh, literary endeavors, she brings a personal touch to our conversation definitely. So having a face like childhood cancer and uh worked in a facility for the teenage female foster care wards she offers a unique insights into the resilience trauma and the human experience so we'll be exploring the depths of jane's experiences her take on the complexities of the modern life and her passion for understanding the intricacies of our emotional and the psychological well-being so let's dive into this enriching conversation with jane and welcome to the show again jane thank you so much that was a wonderful introduction you did your research so I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. So so Jane like uh to start with like if you can share more about your personal journey especially uh overcoming the childhood cancer and uh your work with the teenage female foster care wards like what inspired to start this yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So um I think that the most fundamental uh experience that I had as a person was I was um diagnosed with cancer um and went through treatment from ages 3 to 7 and that didn't affect um like at, at that age you don't really understand death so that didn't really affect me in the sense that I knew that I had cancer but it did dramatically affect my relationships with other people because I had cancer of the immune system and I couldn't like be around a lot of other people so i basically uh, quarantined before the rest of us did and i spent a long time with my grandmother um and kind of just in a hospital room and um that gave me the opportunity to uh 
learn a lot about like how to order your own like internal life and kind of get her hot takes on philosophy before I went into like the rest of my life. Um, and to be honest, it was super true traumatic going from being like because when you're a kid with cancer like this is something that no one tells you like it's actually really awesome because you like never get in trouble and you always get like you know treated special and different because you're you know a, a very sick person right um so honestly the most traumatic thing for that experience was um like going into the world and like being like a normal kid and like having to deal with like normal stuff that everyone everyone goes through and the the jump between those like really sacred like early childhood memories to like the rest of my life has always been something that I've compared um my life to and then also obviously the fact that like um there are people who I know who have died you know just uh really early on um and then like in terms of learning how to process trauma in a healthy way, um, there was a lot of like stuff that went on just in my extended family. Like um, it, in the early 2000s, like one of um, my cousins uh, and uh, uncles were like involved in in selling drugs, right? So they had a problem with like break-ins and there was like this huge issue with like, um, it, like certain parts of the family like not being safe. Um, and then also in a completely separate incidence, one of my great aunts was murdered just randomly by a man. Right. So I didn't experience any of those things firsthand, but I did watch the um, mm. the people who raised me kind of like go through those, um, you know, community like as a community uh, process that trauma. Right. And the the bizarre thing about those experiences was that like, even though they were terrible things, the like the trauma kind of like created a community that that like it, like before um, the the murder of my great aunt, um, like for example, like some of my like my mom and some other people were like fighting, and then after they got over the fight, right? Like it's um, like trauma has kind of a weird adversely positive effect on the rest of the people who are coming together to face it at times, right? Um, and then uh, I went to college and I um, <laughs> endured like slightly less uh, <laughs> difficult traumatic things, like like just kind of being in an environment where a lot of people didn't understand what it is to like be authentically themselves. Um, and a lot of people in my personal opinion, and my book talks extensively about this, um, we're being taught really, really negative, um, mm. psychologically destabilizing ideas about what it means to be authentically dumb or how they should act or how they should think of themselves in the world. Um, so I, uh, I kind of had to develop my own philosophy on authenticity. And then out of college, like you said, I uh, started working at a um, at a facility for female foster care wards, which is, um, I, are you aware of the foster care system? Is that something that you're up to speed yeah. on? No, not exactly, but yeah, if you if can share. Sure. So um, a lot of times when uh, like either abuse is happening in the home or parents have died, um, the state has to in some way deal with a person under the age of 18. And for a long time in the West, they were using orphanages. And then they said, orphanages are not a good idea. We want people to have 
a experience that as closely resembles the home experience as possible. So we're going to develop a network of families that will temporarily adopt kids. And that's the American foster care system. The thing is, is that sometimes uh, the kids' behavior is so extreme that it disrupts the home and they have to go somewhere else to like get the support that they need. Um, so I worked in a facility for teenage female wards of the state whose behavior was too extreme for foster care placement. Um, and a lot of it was them reenacting sexual abuse that they had experienced on either other kids in the home or just like behaving inappropriately or really, really needing help. Um, and uh, so so the facility that I had um, was for teenage females. And, and um, the uh, I, I learned a lot of experiences from that uh, in terms of like how how uh, as trauma gets more intense, um, it more resembles psychosis. Um, I learned a lot about the medication profiles that we've been giving people. Um, and about how concerning it is that like if they get cut off from the medication profiles, how quickly they'll turn to like illegal drugs. Um, and then also just like, um, you know, being emotionally available for like six teenagers is difficult just because like teenage females are s such emotional creatures. Um, but the, the way that um, I really saw improvement in the facility was by helping the girls understand that they're not defined by what happened to them, but by the decisions that they consciously make or like the content of their character is not based in things that people do to them, but what they do to people and, and kind of like helping them understand the agency that they can enact in their own life has um, given them a sense of control that otherwise they never had. So, so I talk about that a lot in my book as well. So. That's my spiel. That's that's lovely. That's lovely. So, um, I mean, what motivated you to create a platform for the others to share their uh, thoughts on the emotional and the psychological aspects of the modern America? Uh, and and with this, like, how do you see the power of storytelling contributing to their resilience and the mental well-being? Yeah, so I uh, I wanted to con get this platform up because I think that um, a lot of people have interesting things to share. Like every single person has an internal life and in some way they have had to reconcile their own internal experience and regulate it and figure out how to how to be the, the person that they are inside, right? Mm -hmm. And um, the reason that I wanted to start an open source magazine is because I don't think that the experts are doing a very good job of helping people right now. Um, I think that the rates of mental illness in the United States, like in Gen Z, uh, like I've seen statistics that they're upward of 40%. Mm -hmm. um, maybe they're a little bit less depending on what source you're talking about, but the rates of mental health illness in the United States preclude this idea that that like public health officials know how to solve them, right? Like if, if they knew how to solve this issue, then we wouldn't be having the, the crisis that we're having right now. Um, there are so many people who are so unhappy. And um, I had, a, <laughs> I had an experience where one of my best friends was going to psychologists who were actively making her issues a lot worse. Um, 
the uh uh and i so i fictionalize this into a story because there's some issues about like telling other people's stories right so so the story that is a fictional representation of my real experience is called screens and the ego after which um my you know book is based the the title of book it's the mm-hmm. titular story so it's like the the title the title the story after which the book is the title anyway um so in in that fictional story i'm talking about a woman who um keeps committing suicide except the the attempt for suicide is not actually lethal um, it's like she'll take a couple too many pills in a public place and then get rushed to the hospital over and over and over again. And that, um, like, not suicide, suicide is treated like a suicide and the woman's rushed and she's goaded to, you know, build self-esteem and and to um, value herself more. And it, the entire medical system enables this behavior um, and uh, continues to treat it as if it's something that's genuine when it's not. Um, and and that type of like reliance on therapists or the the um, actually, it's just kind of true in general because the vast majority of the women who have had suicide attempts have never pursued like like really lethal means of suicide. And that's something that people are not talking about because obviously, like, like the first priority anytime you're talking about an issue like this is to help people not right. commit suicide. It wrecks society, it wrecks everyone around them. Um, and it's it's just a terrible thing. And if you have the ability to help someone not commit suicide, you should do it. That being said, there are a lot of people who are not suicidal, who are self-harming with medication or self-harming through other means that are going through um, treatment programs that are not like appropriate treatment programs for them, right? And um, I think that the the real like programs that have offered healing for this type of stuff are actually more analogous to like AA programs or drug rehabilitation programs because mm. um, a lot of times the thing that people need to hear is that um, you have a responsibility to the people around you to try to keep it together. Um, and and that's that's a difficult um, thing to hear because if you if it's too extreme, then people will suppress that impulse to like love themselves, which is bad. But also, you do uh, have this like like there's just a problem with narcissism in a, a, in a large sect of American society that has allowed them to justify behaviors that that like wreck their entire family and wreck everything around them. Um, but are, are enabled because of this kind of like atomized psychological impulse to always prioritize the self. So, so I had that experience or, or the experience that caused me to write a fictional story. And then I, um, I was like, I, I felt like, uh, the people who were giving advice about how to be healthy in, in your like head were not doing a very good job. Um, so I turned to one um, uh, <laughs> Lao Tzu uh, and other, uh, like I practice yoga and I've read a lot of Lao Tzu. And then I've also like 
um, read a lot about the Abrahamic faiths. And I think that religion is a, a better way to think about your internal life than modern American, like Freudian psychology. Wow. That's great. So, <clears throat> okay. So your book and uh, the work uh, touch upon various complex issues of the modern life. Mm-hmm. So what do you think uh, these factors contribute to the challenges individuals face today? Yeah, um, I think that America has a problem mm-hmm. with, uh, first of all, okay, so like the internet is infinite, right? And humans have this impulse to never die. And the internet has kind of destabilized this this idea because I feel like a lot of people are caught up in this idea that if they put themselves on the internet, then they too will be infinite and they can live forever, right? So the idea of living forever has has changed, um, like drastically changed the human experience, right? Because I think that between like 1950 and and 4000 BC, human beings were kind of living with the uh, with the understanding that their entire memory was going to be wiped out within four generations. And then the internet is invented and nothing ever goes away on the internet and you can interact with people like who who you're not really with and and you can feel like you're friends with them um and and that uh has destabilized the impulse like like there's great freedom in knowing that eventually your story will end you know like there's great freedom in understanding your own infinitesimal smallness in the world, right? And and that's why religions will often depict like like your life as a journey. Like you're you you come from God and then you go through life and you learn the lessons that you were supposed to learn and then you will go away and you will return to God, right? You you you've, from dirt and to dirt you will return and all that stuff, right? Like they they have this story that has a beginning and an ending and that ending. Um, has been completely disrupted by the internet. And I, I think that that has uh, really destabilized people because when like when you grow up on the internet, putting yourself on the internet, one, like your mistakes last forever, which sucks, you know? Like you you can't like live down like that like stupid thing you said when you were 12 years old on Facebook. I mean, I guess that you can because you can delete it. But like it also like, like it's just you're – like your mistakes are much more public now. So there's there's a great capacity to feel shame in the modern digital age. And then in addition to that, there's this um, impulse to to be everlasting. Like everyone has a fame, a fame complex, right? And I know that like, um, I was talking to my mom and she was like, you know, I, back in the 90s, we all thought that famous people were crazy, right? Because they would tend to do crazy things. Like- like a famous, like an obvious example is like the Britney Spears like thing where she just went out and she kind of like behaved in ways that other human beings wouldn't behave, right? Um, and she did this because she was constantly in the spotlight. And I think that a lot of people, because of the way that the internet interacts with you, have kind of developed those same those those same tendencies that were originally only for extremely famous people like Britney Spears, because now like everyone has that. Um, the the public nature of their life is just um, uh, it has uh, ruptured their ability to think of themselves as like Adam's going on a journey. Wow. So, uh, I mean, how do you 
create a safe space for the contributors to share their thoughts and the experiences in screens and uh, the magazine on your magazines yes um i uh first of all i'm grateful anytime anyone submits and i read it myself um if i don't get back to you quickly it's because i'm i'm reading a lot of submissions but mm. um but i i do read them and uh i'm always i honor people's thoughts i think that when people are speaking earnestly about their own internal life or their own experience or their own way of thinking about life um it's worth reading just out of respect for the fact that the person who's writing it is a person um and uh most of the time if i see someone like earnestly engaging with the ideas that i'm trying to uh, talk about i um will honor it by putting it up uh declaring it the winner of the month or or uh doing an honorary mention on the side so i really would encourage you if you're listening to submit to the magazine in terms of creating a safe space i delete abusive comments like i have <laughs> like iron control over that comment button you shall not be abusive to the people who are writing something on my platform so so we uh other than that um i i just encourage people to try to think about these thoughts and i i engage with it respectfully and i also like honor people by giving them my time understood mm-hmm. so um okay so i mean how can individuals contribute to the fostering culture of resilience in their communities mm. yeah um i think that they should <laughs> okay let, let's back up so the abrahamic faiths for about 4000 3000 years ish uh have uh, sorry the abrahamic faiths have been telling people that god um that your ability to have a relationship with god is predicated on the notion that you follow the commandments right mm-hmm. um and that your acting like a good person is the thing that will bring you internal peace and um mm-hmm. existential uh peace right so so um i think that if this idea was able to pervade 3000 years of history and and span such a large, you know, portion of the globe um it should be considered just because it's um just because of its vast historical precedent, right? So the the main way that a human being can be of value to other people and um really respect yourself. Like like I respect myself because I do things that are respectable and like if I saw another person behaving in a respectable way i'd be like oh yeah like that's really respectable like i i think that that's really cool so so the the extent to which like i've developed self esteem is based not in like the general acceptance of my character but in in the fact that like i've uh really focused on the way that i behave and the way that i treat other people so that i can respect myself like i would another person um and that's rooted in doing good deeds and just being a kind human being um and and that's what you know the abrahamic faiths have been teaching people that's also really what like all like like that's that's like a very like universal idea like like behave morally and be kind to others um but really focusing on the way that you treat other people and being like an honest person is the way that you can um be a, a benediction to the people in your community and also the way that you can learn to respect yourself that's that's really great yeah so uh before we wrap up like uh, if you can tell uh, more about your uh, book 
your upcoming book? Yes. Um, my book is already released and I don't have another one uh, on the way. Um, I'm yeah. just focusing on the magazine right now. Uh, but um, you can buy it on uh, Amazon or Barnes and Noble or Audible. Um, and it's, uh, it's a, about, um, it's a series of uh, short stories, uh, fiction and nonfiction that help people root themselves in reality, right? So the first story talks about like the reality of violence and how human beings have to understand violence. And, and then it talks about um, how like modern psychology um, has failed in a lot of ways. And then it goes on to talk about what, what is the essence of freedom? Um, how do you uh, be, become mature and kind of accept like the injustices of life with maturity. Um, why is reading sensational articles so fun? Um, it's because um, judgment is is a sellable commodity. Like it's it's really easy to judge other people. Mm. Um, and a lot of times, reporters who are giving you a biased news report are actually selling you a feeling of self righteousness because you read that report and you're like, oh, I'm so much better than the people I'm reading about. Um, and and that's um, a pretty scary thing for a lot of people. Um, the way that like we we have that. Oh, I'm I'm so much better than this. Like that's that's a, a pretty um, perverse way of interacting with other human beings. Um, and then it, it wraps up with talking about, um, the origin of the word virtual and, uh, then talking about cancer. So that's, that's the book. And it, it's always such an honor when someone reads it. Wow. That's, that's really great. Great. So thank you for joining on this insightful journey. Uh, all of you guys with Jane, and her experiences from overcoming the childhood cancer to creating the platform screens and the Ego Literary uh, magazine offers us a profound perspective on the resilience and navigating the life's challenges with the grace. So if you have found this episode meaningful, do not forget to share with your uh, friends, family or others who might get benefit. Subscribe for more enriching conversations on cultivating a healthy mind and a vibrant life. So until next time, take care, stay resilient, and uh, keep embracing the journey of life with an open heart. So thank you so much.